Shut up and sit down. Welcome to another episode of Business Bros. As always, we want to take a moment to remind you why you are here listening to us today. If you're investing your valuable time into our podcast, it's because you understand the truth behind Albert Einstein's words. Problems cannot be solved by the same level of thinking that created them. So if you want to find financial freedom, make more money, quit your current 9 to 5 job, or if you want to increase your bottom line, be a better investor, or be a better business owner, then you must follow the number one rule in business, which is be of service to others. Business Bros would love to help you maximize your profits by helping you find ways to be of service to more people alongside our fellow entrepreneurs and the Money Coaching Club, a.k.a. E equals MC squared. So please join the conversation at Business Bros Pod on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, and visit our website, seasfirst.com, that's S-I-A-S-F-I-R-S-T.com, and as you listen today, remind yourself of these three questions regarding today's topic. Why'd you get into business in the first place? What does your life look like when you help others make more money? How can you take advantage of the information you hear today? By scheduling your coaching call today. Remember, if success is for me, schedule a coaching call for free. So, dude, first of all, I want to say I'm sorry because yesterday, totally my bad. I didn't uh, think about even content for the day. We've been scheduling so many appointments for Mm -hmm. interviews with people and our calendar has been filling up that it just completely slipped my mind that we didn't have any any content for yesterday. So I had to go. Yesterday was a crazy busy day anyway. It was. uh, I literally, uh, my my good buddy Dave out there in Virginia, he wanted to talk to me. He's like, hey, man, I need to to chat with you. Give me a call when you can. I was like, man, I'm booked. I got meetings all day till (laughs) 5 o'clock and like, you know, whatever. And then Katie. And then I got to get home to Katie. Yeah. I got to get home to Katie. So, but for what it's worth, my intro still... I've been doing this for 115 episodes and only half as good as Liam. <laughs> Liam rocked it, dude. Dude, he totally did. He came in. He was like, hey, dad, can uh, can I help you out? And I was like, you know what? Yeah, you can. <laughs> yeah, why not? <laughs> so I hopped on the, I had him hop on and at least do the intro, but he had to finish his homework. So Yeah, yeah. No, it was, it was fantastic. He could, loved it. He couldn't hang out for the entire show, but he was there for at least the intro. So we, we, we loved having him on. And uh, when I showed him the podcast this morning when it posted, Mila got a little jealous. So we got to get Mila. <laughs> Here and, uh, get her to do the podcast too for at least sure the, at least the intro part at least so dude we're gonna be talking about uh it was a new york times article that i'd read on how to choose a real estate broker and it, it kind of you know sank in a little bit when i was reading it because you know all too often in the real estate industry we think of it as a we think of real estate as a real estate professional mm-hmm. so we're not really think of it thinking of it as a consumer and sometimes we got to kind of flip the script on what's going on and remember that at one point or hopefully at one point you are also going to be looking to buy a property and in, when you're on that end of the table it's kind of a different personality a different stress level a different you know point of view than when you have been doing it for a while you've done a number of transactions and you've almost gone numb to the big transaction that it is because you've been doing the transactions over and over and over again you know it's a process you know 
there's a, a bunch of things that you're going to have to do be, between, you know, signing the listing agreement and decluttering the house and doing some pre-marketing and, you know, everything that goes into selling a home for, for a client. And for you, it's systematic. Hopefully as an agent, it's systematic, right? You've been doing it for a while. You know what you need to do. You know how to market the property. You know where to go for staging, like creative house design. You need, you need to know where to go for photography, you know, all these different things to get your property sold. Mm-hmm. And we want to make sure that as a professional, you do that really well. But at the same time, you got to remember that you're dealing with a person. This is probably the first and only time that they're going to do this transaction, that they're going to stress out on what it is that, that they're going to, you know, it's a major purchase. It's a big, Huge. big Huge. purchase. And so since they're going to be the ones going through this transaction, their stress level is going to be high. You need to kind of sometimes step back and remember that it is something that they're going through, that their stress level is going through. So, you know, it's kind of cool to read this article and have an idea of what's going on in the consumer's mind Mm -hmm. just so that, you know, you reflect back and you, you, you're, you get, I guess, a little bit empathetic instead of just being, you know, sympathetic to what's going on. You actually feel it a little bit. Does that make sense? Did I use the right words? I think you did. Yeah. (laughs) Check you out. Empathetic, sympathetic. I love it. They rhyme too. So it worked. (laughs) <laughs> it worked out. It worked out. So, what are the what are some of the things that we have to think about as we're getting ready to choose a real estate broker? Well, well, first of all, I mean, the market is changing. So, if you are looking, I mean, I like I like going on uh, Facebook Marketplace with real estate agents, and they post a lot of things that are going on in the community as well as homes for sale, right? Mm-hmm. And one of the trends that I'm seeing, and and I, if you're out there, boots on the ground, real estate agent, you're seeing price reductions. I mean, that's just happening. You you have a listing and you want to get it sold as quick as possible. You're noticing that there's going to be more properties coming on the market. There's going to be more inventory. It's going to be competing. And yeah, we had a little drop in some interest rates recently, which might help people in qualification stuff. But at the same time, the market is shifting a little bit. Is it a huge shift? Probably not. But you are having to deal with conversations and price reductions, which opens up the door for things like expired listings. If you're out there shopping, you know, if you're out there trying to work expired listings. I mean, is it a huge <clears throat> shift? I, we don't honestly know yet. That's, no, no. that's the crazy thing about I it. I wish I had a crystal ball and I could tell you. Yeah, no. And, and there's just no way to know. But uh, I think one of the things that you definitely want to be aware of is whether your broker has experience in these different types of markets because a different a, a market that's going down requires a different set of skills than a market that's going up for sure for sure and and understand that that when a, a client is going to look to you as a real estate broker it, let's be honest, 99% of the time, they don't know the difference between a good broker and a bad broker. They, 70% of the agents that you talk, of the clients that you talk to have gone with the first agent that they spoke to. That's why if you're looking at it from the professional side, it's important that you get out there, be top of mind and actually have conversations so that you can secure these listings or secure these buyers because 70% of the time they're going to work with the first agent they talk to. But because of that, they don't talk to very many other agents. They don't know if an agent is good or if an agent is bad, right? So, so you need to make sure that you're accountable to yourself, that you're do, you're doing everything you possibly can to provide a quality service because the at the end of the day, whether your business succeeds is going to be because you've increased your circle of influence with your past clients and you are somebody that they want to refer, right? And if they do talk, if they have a negative uh, transaction with you, it's going to be hard for them to refer you to more people, you know, in, in, in their major purchase. That makes sense. Yes, absolutely. You, you have to make a good impression on 
the first person that you're talking to because if you don't then you're not going to get the referrals you're not going to get people to trust you and you know why would they you didn't do a good job yeah you have to you have i mean your your results are in direct proportion with your willingness to do what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at a higher level that's when you get out there and market the property when you're actually being communicate com, when you're communicating <laughs> with your with your buyers and sellers right because communication is huge all right look <clears throat> the article says that uh, it, it said something like uh, sellers should ask for a listing presentation. Do you have a listing presentation? Is it something that's a professional thing or do you show up to uh, a listing appointment and just kind of wing it? Because that's going to be one of the biggest things that sets you apart in a professional level. If you're just winging it, I mean, you're going to get by with your personality for sure. But having that professionalism is going to make is going to set you apart. Right, it's gonna make that little bit of difference, and because we're in a changing market, when you're winging it and you're just kind of agreeing to what's going on, just to you know get the seller to say yes, yes, yes. When the market changes, you're gonna set yourself up for some very uncomfortable conversations. In other words, let's assume that you're talking to a seller and they think that their house is worth half a million dollars, and the market has been shifting, and really they're probably only get gonna get between. 450 and 470 but you agree to that half million dollar price range just to get the listing because you've been conditioned before that the market had been increasing maybe you're just a little bit early and you know you'd eventually get the home sold but with today's market those things are changing that that mentality is shifting so by you being the listing agent that just goes in and agrees to a price you're setting yourself up for that price reduction conversation that is not a fun conversation it's to never have never comfortable never comfortable and when you have to have that conversation although you should get good at that because there is there are sometimes you're going to have to have that conversation but if you're setting yourself up to do that every single time your experience is going to be hindered the the experience that the that the seller is going to have is not going to be a very good one because they're going to think every time you come and talk to me it has to do with a price reduction you have you're asking me to lower the price and that's not a good conversation to have so no. so as you know the, what this article was telling sellers is to be cautious of when when a real estate agent is telling you that your home is perfect it's your your price is exactly what's going on in the market stop agreeing and start understanding that you need to be honest with your seller and tell them you know educate them you're the professional right yeah so i was gonna say is is you have to actually have the fortitude again (laughs) uh to have that conversation it's not a con it's not necessarily a comfortable conversation especially when you have somebody a seller who has been talking to their neighbors and they've been talking to all these different people and they have this idea of what their price should be but you as the trusted profession trusted professional you need to have find a way to convince them hey look i know that you want it to be this but that's not the market we're in right now and just just so that they're aware come also come prepared i mean you need to have comps with you you need to be able to have previewed the homes that are in the area that have sold or, or are pending so that you know exactly what's going on you're the expert in your market and that expertise is what's going to justify the list price that you're asking for because you know you, one of those things that we have you guys do uh, as part of our coaching program, by the way, is to pre-qualify every listing and every buyer because we need to know their motivation and their time frame for the transaction. Mm-hmm. Understanding their motivation and time frame will affect how you're going to price the home. If they need to get their home sold, right? Like we're, we're looking personally into selling a property that we own in Texas. And the agent that or the, the property management company that we've tried to work with 
has been kind of lagging on getting us the information that we're looking for. It's been mm. a couple of weeks and we're not getting the information we, we want. And being in the industry, we know that, look, that's not what we need to deal with. We're going to just find another agent that's actually going to produce the results that we're looking for. Lack of communication is going to put you on a wrong level. So make sure you're communicating well, even if it's not good news, it's honest news and they will respect you for that. Granted, <clears throat> I mean, when we started asking questions, it was right around the holidays. But what were we talking about the whole time? around the holidays is that the people that are out there still grinding still putting their nose to the table still doing what they need to be doing every day those are the ones that are going to make the sales those are the ones that are going to be productive those are the ones that are going to set themselves up for success in the first part of this year well guess what unfortunately this person is not doing what we need them to do all they're going to lose the listing they're going to lose the listing and it was handed to them on a, on a golden platter yeah it really was. And so we're moving on. We're going to find somebody else who's hungry and who's going to do what they don't want to do when they don't want to do it. And they're going to do it at a high level, right? And so, you know, looking looking at this New York Times article, by the way, <clears throat> another thing that they, they, they state is they recommend that you ask, uh, look for recommendations from friends or colleagues, right? In other words, if a, if a, if a client is going to look to sell their home, they're going to look for referrals if they don't know an agent, right? Think about this. This is the one of the main reasons why you have to be top of mind, right? This is one of the main reasons why you need to have social media content out there. This is a reason why you need to be contacting your circle of influence. This is the reason why you need to be reaching out on a regular basis because the very first uh, person they're going to contact is the person that they know is a real estate agent. If you're that top of mind, if you're the one that they're thinking of, then you're going to get that first call. The next thing is a recommendation from friends or colleagues. So maybe you don't know that individual person per se, but if you are completely being top of mind, if you're putting out great content on a regular basis, if you're out there talking about what's going on in the community, bringing value, and at the same time, you know, branding yourself as the real estate agent, when they go to their friends and family and ask for a referral, their friends and family are going to have seen your information on social media. They're going to see have seen your information on, on any one of their mailers, if that's what you're doing. They're going to have heard from you because you picked up the phone and gave them a call. They're going to have heard from you because you knocked on the door because you stayed top of mind. Mm -hmm. So it's not necessarily that you have to know the person, although that's a good way, you know, growing your circle of influence, but you could have known their friends or their colleagues and being uh, out there talking to them, having that conversation with them and asking for the referral is what's going to get you to the next level. It goes back to getting yourself in front of people and telling them exactly what it is that you do. It doesn't matter if you're a real estate agent an insurance agent a tax person a person selling t-shirts you know shout out posh notions uh you know it doesn't matter what it is that you're doing if you do not get in front of people and tell them what it is that you do there's no way that you're going to make those sales yeah you you have to do that now look the article also says to it, it explains to the sellers or the buyers that you're the CEO of this transaction. You, Mr. Client, are the boss of this transaction. The real estate agent works for you. So you need to make sure you ask the real estate agent some questions. Things like, have you sold in my neighborhood? Have you sold in my building? Right? Do you know anyone on the board of directors if you're talking about, you know, co-ops or whatnot? But look, here's the deal. 
<clears throat> you may not have answers to these types of questions, but you better believe that you should have answers to these mm. types of questions, which is why it's so important that we ask you to put together a pre-listing package. A pre-listing package will have answers to these types of questions built in. It's a pre it's 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 delivered to your client so that it answers all the questions for you. It's and better yet, it does a job that you might not even be aware of, which it outsells the other person that doesn't have a pre-listing package prepared for your client. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it does. It, it, it answers these types of questions. Nobody, no agent, most agents are uncomfortable with any type of question that a seller is going to have for you, right? Any question, I don't care what it is. What if they ask you a tough question like, what's your list to sell price ratio? You don't know the answer to that, right? You need to understand that we're, you know, we're in, living in the age of Google. If they're going to sell their home, they're probably going to Google it and say, Google, what should I ask my real estate agent? You should try asking Google questions like that too, because the questions that are commonly asked are the questions that you should probably be prepared for to answer or in a listing presentation just saying and if you don't have a listing presentation let me know hernan at csfirst.com yeah it's down here at the bottom right yeah well, sure yeah, is sure, sure is. is there you go it's down there at the bottom and you know ask me a question i'll get you some information i'll i'll, I'll uh schedule a free coaching call with you and then send you the real estate treasure map i'll send you some more information on uh, we can sit down and talk about what's inside a pre, uh, pre-listing package to get that information to you all right so <clears throat> Understand that your sellers are more educated than you know, and they may be testing you. So get out there and get yourself prepared to have that conversation. Ham, you want to take over? I was going to look at something. Oh, no, you're looking at something too. All right. We're all over the place. It's good though. Here's the next thing. Uh, this New York Times article is telling the seller to ask for a listing presentation. So they're asking, they're, they're training the seller to already go ahead and ask you for that, to have a professional presentation ready to go. So if they're expecting a professional presentation and you walk in and you're just winging it, you're gonna look terrible because they've already had this expect, expectation set up for them. Now what if they didn't have the expectation set up that they're expecting a listing presentation? Well you still look competitive, right? You're still looking much more professional than the mm-hmm. other agents because you are having that professional pitch, right? But understand that the agents are being being or that the clients are expecting more from you. Yeah, I was going to say if you find yourself in a position where you happen to be the first agent that they interview and you bring that pre-listing package, that sets the bar and you're going to be way ahead of the curve when other people are coming to present if they don't have a pre-listing package or if their pre-listing package doesn't answer the same questions that yours does you're gonna look better just leagues above everybody else all right let's talk about buyers right so if you're looking to buy right what are the right questions that that you need to ask a buyer right what does a buyer know when they're gonna get ready to shop a home honestly it's the new year Chances are, if people are going to buy a home, and this is something I got from Mike Cuevas, by the way, so shout out to the real estate marketing dude. He said, it's the beginning of the year. Chances are, it's their new year resolution. They've already decided that this year is the year that they're going to buy their home, mm, right? They've nice. already made that assumption. Now, they may not be ready to buy you know, today. Maybe they're going to end up buying in August or September or somewhere in the fourth quarter, but they've decided that they want to buy. This is their year. This is their year, right? This is when they're going to start looking for stuff. This is when they're going to buy things. So if they're ready to buy, you need to prepare them to 
uh, for, for that picture. You need to understand what the financial picture is for them. Do they have a down payment? Do they need to fix things on their credit? How qualified are they? Is their credit score good? Now is the time to be in with these buyers and prepare them. Remember, it's going to take multiple touches. It's not something that happens overnight. Very few people are qualified right away, but this is where you're talking to good lenders, right? This is where you hit up your Jose Valencia's or your Juanita's, uh, your Juanita or your Katons, right? These are the people who are out there qualifying people and having different markets to shop for good uh, mortgages. And they're going to tell you the different programs that their brokerages offer. They're going to shop around and look for these things and get your client in a position where they can actually go shopping, right? You, the real estate agent, has to be on. You have to be honest and get a buyer's agreement signed, mm-hmm. right? Don't mm-hmm. do all this work for a buyer and not have a buyer's agreement signed so that they can go and work with somebody else and then what? <laughs> and then you're kind of screwed, right? I mean, this is a commitment that you're making to them. They should make the same commitment to you. But you need to understand how soon do they need to buy? How soon uh, are they looking to move out of their home? Do they need to sell their home? Right? Mm. That's a question you need to ask, right? By the way, which home in the neighborhood do you think are you thinking of selling? Because they might be moving up. They might be selling the home that they bought in 2011, right? And they got a good deal on it and they have a lot of equity in it and they're going to turn around and sell that one so they can buy something else. And they might be working with a different agent because they don't understand that the same agent can do both things. So you got to make sure you ask the right questions of a buyer. Buyers and sellers who are doing their first transaction may not know what they don't know. I mean, for sure, they don't know what they don't know. You're the professional. You need to make sure you go and work this qualifying picture, right? Get guess, Ask the qualifying questions so you can paint the financial picture is what I was going to say. <clears throat> Excuse me. So, um, you know, when, when buyers are moving up, they usually have high expectations of what they're going to buy because they purchased, you know, they paid a certain amount of money for what they're, what the house they're living in now, and they're trying to move up to a new property. The beautiful thing about today, by the way, is that they can do a lot of shopping online. For sure, right? Zillow and Trulia, all those things make it really easy. And by the way, when uh, they're, when they are looking to buy, Insurance is a big deal, man. Oh, dude, when you're when your client's looking to buy, one of the things that you don't want do not want to hold you up during the transaction is insurance, right? You need to be smooth. You need to close. There's so many things going on in a real estate transaction. So many cookies. There's so many hands in the cookie jar. I mean, you got title. You got escrow. You got buyers. You got showing. You got in, uh, inspections. You got appraisals. Don't let something as simple as having homeowners insurance mess up your deal, right? For sure, homeowners insurance is a really easy deal to take care of. So if your agent can't get that to you really quick, you got to call somebody over here at Pipeline. For sure. So by the way. I'm just saying the insurance, the insurance bro, bro. He might be able to help you out. Maybe. So I'm just saying, you know, don't let that be one of those things that delays your, I mean, think about it. If you fall out of escrow because you didn't have an insurance policy bound, <laughs> dude, you are not going to look like a very good agent, right? For sure. And you're, and but hey, for what it's worth, you know, <laughs> there are definitely some challenging ones out there, especially here in the San Diego, San Diego, Southern California area, I guess California in general. <clears throat> These wildfires, man, they really cause some havoc. It's funny because I remember being on the East Coast and talking about living out here in in California and growing up out here, and everybody was always like, oh, man, I couldn't do it. All those earthquakes, they scare me, they scare me, they scare me. I mean, yeah, I guess we get some earthquakes every once in a while, but 
it's really the wildfires. That's really what uh, what tears our state apart. That's really, at least uh, in, in recent history. And it's made insurance actually a little bit more difficult, uh, especially out in those more rural areas. So a good agent is going to be able to know how to get that insurance, how to get it quickly at an affordable price. Definitely reach out to us. Let us know what you need if you're out in one of those areas. And it's good to know somebody you know who's been in the industry, who has experienced a lot of transactions as far as insurance is concerned, who's actually gone through the struggles. Because I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you for example, whoa, moving the table a little bit. Oops. So I'll, I'll give you an example. When, when we got into the insurance industry, what we did was we actually bought a book of business that we knew was crappy. It had a lot of problems. It was an agent who wasn't servicing their clients very well. He, he was good at picking up clients, but he wasn't good at taking care of his clients. And so it was a book of business that we saw. We purchased the book knowing that there was going to be problems because we knew that the education came from fixing those problems. For sure. So there was, I mean, there was a lot of stuff to fix. And this insurance guy, he went through that book and he fixed a lot of problems. That is one of the greatest educations that we had. Sure, did we did that book shrink a little bit and lose you know some of the stuff? Yeah, but we knew that we were going to go through it and, and you know cherry pick which ones we wanted to to keep over the long term. But we were going to fix all the problems to learn how this industry worked. And that's the first. I mean, that's how we got introduced to the actual insurance production, right? Yeah, for sure. And now, I mean, everything that we've learned. Uh, we've taken and we now just sit here and we train all kinds of new agents every day uh that's all i've been doing the new year's always busy because everybody's got their new year's resolutions everybody's like oh yeah this is the year that i'm going to be successful as an insurance agent this is the year this is the year and they sign up with us and they get the training that they need and we give them all the tools and everything and it's really our goal to have a 100 percent uh success rate doesn't always work out that way, but <laughs> you know, but that's what my day is. That my day is is just training new agents and teaching and showing them how to do it. And there's just a lot of knowledge up here that I get to give out to everybody and I look forward to it. I, I really love to see the success of our agents. Look, it, it really comes down to are you willing to do the work, right? Because ultimately that's what that's what it is. It's a sales job. It's not just, you know, we're not bringing people on and paying them a salary. That's not how it works. It's just like real estate when it comes to the insurance side. If you don't go out there and build your book of business, if you don't go out there and talk to people and tell them what it is you do, you're not going to be successful, mm -hmm. right? You still need to be of service to your client, which is what we're talking about here, right? We're talking about, we're, we're finishing up with buyers and, uh, and, and it really comes down to having that communication. Working with buyers is very much a social interaction. That's why most agents or a lot of agents are very buyer heavy because they like the social interaction, mm -hmm. right? But it is physical labor. You have to actually do a lot more work. You have to drive to the location. You have to open the home for showings. You have to open the home for inspections or appraisals or whatever it's physical work working with sellers is much more of a mental labor right you have to learn how to negotiate you need to have good conversations you have to have presentation skills you need to have scripts order pre-qualifying all these different things so it's, it's just working with things a little bit different so what about teams right teams what about teams teams have their ups and downs like teams on the buyer side I mean, you might lose the ability to learn, to actually get to know your client if you're working with a team mm -hmm. on the buyer side, right? The When you've transaction with, like I just said, it's a social interaction. If I'm working with a buyer and then I hand them off to somebody else, that connection's kind of lost, right? It's, it's my new hashtag for the team, for the team, for the year. My new hashtag for the year, 
Hashtag powerful relationships. Hashtag powerful Hashtag relationships. Hashtag powerful relationships. And each each transaction, each partnership that you make, each client that you have, each one is a powerful relationship because when it comes right down to it, yeah, you might be representing them in uh, the purchase or the sale of a home. You might be representing them in uh, the purchase of insurance. You might be representing them in this one particular transaction. But the truth is you never know how they could help you. There was somebody that I met the other day. I mentioned it before, Phil Duncan, who, uh, you know, I thought he was just somebody that was going to help me place insurance. That's all I thought that it was. But I go and I visit his office and I find out how much more he has to offer. And that's exactly what can happen with all of your clients. Everybody that you talk to, you never know what they can be, what they can, uh, how, how else you can help them, how, how you can grow together to really form a, a powerful relationship. And I think that that's what 2019 is going to be all about, an abundance of powerful relationships. Now, you know, so again, when you're when you're building these powerful relationships, I I personally think on the buyer side, it's much more difficult to run a team. You do have things that you can definitely hand off, but that communication that you have with your client I, to me, that's vital. That's where the money's made. It's made in the interactions that you have with the client and that trusting relationship that you build with that particular client. On the seller side, I think it's much more applicable to have a team on the seller side, however, because you have you, there's different aspects of it. There's the marketing side of it. There's the staging. There's you know there's a bunch of pieces that you don't necessarily need to deal with the seller directly. That's where a team, I think, comes in a lot more handy. But still, that relationship that you build with the seller, you still need to be that point of contact. When a seller has a question, they're not going to refer to your team. They don't care about your team. They don't care who else is involved. You're the agent that they talk to. You're the agent that signed the listing agreement. You're the agent that they want to be able to contact and pick up the phone and ask a question to if something's going on. Can you use a team and utilize a team for different pieces of the seller? transaction absolutely but the important part to remember is that you are the point of contact you are the one who gets all the questions you are the one who has the relationship nurture it that's your thing that's what's going to grow your circle of influence and help you in the long term so our teams have their ups and downs make sure that you're managing the transactional pieces of your team well that you're managing what goes on and make sure that things go on but the relationship part never lose that that should and always should be remain with you because you're the one who's building that relationship. You're the one that that seller wants mm-hmm. to talk to. And remember that secret agents have skinny kids. So don't be the secret agent. Make sure that you get in front of people. You tell them what it is that you do. And if you ever want to use us for a media day, if you ever want to partner with us for a podcast and to get pictures taken and get video and get uh, hooked up with... Uh, dang it, why am I forgetting the name? Um... Creative House Design and Visual Media Corp. Oh, okay. That's where you're going with that. That's where I'm going with it. Uh, You know, definitely let us know. Reach out to us. You can find us right down here at Business Bros Pod uh, or email us, james at csfirst.com or hernan at csfirst.com. So we're rounding out the time here. You got anything else? No, that's all I got from today. Peace. Bye-bye. And I'm out.